welcome to another episode of Inside the Bradfield Centre. I'm James Parton and I'm the Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre. And I'm Adelina Chalmers. I'm known as the Geek Whisperer because I bridge the gap between engineers and leadership. And on this episode, we will have Thea Goodluck, the Entrepreneur Engagement Manager from Tech Nation for the East of England. forward to hearing uh, Thea today, especially what I'm really interested in is understanding what can Tech Nation practically do to help Bradfield Centre member companies or just companies in the East of England in general. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm really keen to um, get her perspective on the East of England. You know, she spends a whole day talking to founders and various organisations around the, the East of England. So I'd love to learn more about uh, Taya's perspective on the strengths and weaknesses of the region and how it compares to the rest of the UK. I, that's a good point, actually. And I, I'm wondering how much investment do we get in Cambridge in particular? Uh, how many unicorns are there in Cambridge? And I've met a few, but I'm not sure if anybody has an overview of all of them. So uh, I look forward to this. I'll be interested to hear more what she has to say. So Taya, thanks so much for taking the time to come on today. Um, I guess you're our first guest that's actually both a member of the Bradfield Centre and also um, work with a partner organisation. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get into kind of uh, how we work together and kind of your experiences in the Bradfield Centre. But um, why don't you start off by just giving our listeners a kind of rundown of Tech Nation, uh, you know, its history and its role in the UK startup ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. So Tech Nation started right back in 2010 um, with Tech City, which was very much more London focused. And that was kicked off, which is mad to think, but before Shoreditch and Old Street were as they are today, and before London had quite such a thriving tech scene. So Tech City was a government-led initiative, um, very much about promoting London as an amazing place to grow a digital tech business. And that was really successful. And we then went on to have Tech North, which was very much similar, but around Manchester and the Northern Powerhouse. And then at the start of 2019, so start of last year, um, that's when Tech Nation was launched, but with very much an understanding that obviously there's these amazing tech ecosystems right across the UK and there's huge benefit in bringing that together and having people on the ground to be meeting founders um, and just joining up essentially. So that's the history of how we became Tech Nation. And in terms of our focus, I mean, we're here to support the founders and leaders of scaling digital tech companies to successfully grow their business. And we do that in a number of different ways. One is through providing structured growth programs, um, which are both stage and sector specific. And we also produce a lot of resources and content, such as our Digital Business Academy, which actually um, a lot of the content we did on that is with the Cambridge Judge Business School. Uh, So a bit of a local connection there. And, you know, essentially we provide national community and network for tech founders to be part of joining it up. Um, And in terms of my role, you know, 
the fact that we're Tech Nation means that I'm talking a lot with my other 10 counterparts across the UK, sharing best practice, what we're seeing locally in our regions, where are the perhaps gaps that we might look to replicate or um, white label as such what other regions are doing, which I think is really beneficial and, you know, highly relevant at the moment in terms of COVID-19 is very much around listening to founders, gathering feedback and making sure we're proactively giving that back to government to ensure that the conditions in the UK are as favourable as possible for the tech ecosystems. Um, Finally, just to give you an idea of sort of companies that we've worked with, uh, nationally, they include Crowdcube, Deliveroo, Monzo, Skyscanner, and clearly, you know, they weren't all that that size when we were working with them. They were very much earlier stage on their growth journey and have gone on to be unicorns in many cases. And then locally, companies include Bios Health, uh, Geospock, Prowler, Feature Space, Dark Trace, a number of others. Happy to provide more examples if helpful. I had no idea that. Um... Feature space and dark trace and geospoke, <laughs> all of those people are <laughs> people I, I know quite well actually, and I hadn't realized they were part of your um, network as well. Yeah, there's many more, but um, yeah, some great names locally, definitely, and it's growing all the time with the regional presence. Could I ask you actually to tell us a bit more about the programs? You said they're stage and sector specific. Can you give us an idea of what what exactly do those programs help companies with? Yeah, definitely. So they're very scaling focused. They're for companies at the earliest stage that would normally have been, you know, raised for seed funding and be on that next stage of of growth. Um, In terms of the sectors that we cover, they're currently AI, cyber, fintech, and we're launching a net zero program this summer as well. Um, And the stages are the, se- the sector programs are, as I said, for seed stage companies, really, they're pre-series A. Then we've got Upscale, which is a program that Prowler, Geospot, Cambridge Intelligence went through, and that's mid-stage, but for all digital tech, so it doesn't drill down further than that. And then Future 50 is our later stage program, which is for companies that have raised a Series B or are generating over $5 million of revenue, um, and that's the program that Future Space and Dark Trace have both been on um but all the programs follow the same format in terms of being around peer-to-peer learning so that's what we've heard from these founders that actually there's huge value particularly with the uk-wide element of getting a cohort of founders which is no bigger than 30 together on a six-month-long program um not super time intensive so it's normally a workshop a month and then an evening networking session and it's really about Chatham House rules, open conversation around a specific topic. And then the networking part, obviously, is, you know, more around intros to investors. Uh, government get quite involved in that as they use it as a way to meet the exciting new companies coming up in the UK um, and corporates as well, a part of that networking aspect. But it's around the peer-to-peer learning and creating that open communication, essentially, um, with founders across the UK. Amazing. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about your background then. How did you come to the role of Tech Nation? Yes. Um, so I, when I graduated from university, as as many do, I think I sort of 
fell into my next job and I'm forever grateful now that that was at Silicon Valley Bank so I was just really keen to move to London and I knew someone that was working there and they said oh you know there's this new bank launching in the UK and so I joined as employee number 20 there when they were launching the bank and I was part of the project team around building that bank in the UK so obviously through that I learned quite a lot around what their strategy was and spoke to the US counterparts as well and as soon as we launched the bank I became part of their entrepreneur banking team which was around um obviously supporting early stage companies with their banking needs but what I really loved around SVB's proposition is the additional value add so a lot of it was about really understanding their business models what instructions they needed being sort of very active in providing additional support and then obviously a big BD element in terms of being out in the market meeting lots of other founders and seeing if we could get them to be part of the SVB family so through that you know I became um quite well networked I guess in the London tech scene and really sparked my interest in both technology and entrepreneurship so that was that was the entrance into this kind of sector and then I ended up moving back to Cambridge weirdly by coincidence actually my husband got a job at arm and I didn't think he'd be a fan of Cambridge had having grown up in Lagos and London but he absolutely loved it so I quickly followed him from London and um ended up working for Grant Thornton, managing their regional BD and marketing team, which gave me a strong understanding of the high growth businesses that were in the region. But I was kind of missing the tech focus and also the earlier stage focus, given that GT are quite mid-market. So I got the call from Tech Nation and I mean, it sounds, yeah, sounds really cheesy, but it was kind of my dream role to be tech focused, scale up focused value add with no it's quite an easy sell in the sense that we don't charge anything we don't take any equity it's really about what can we do to support you as a founder in a business so it's a really easy and positive conversation to have and it's all just about being pre-covid19 out in the market meeting people obviously now very much online and meeting people (laughs) you mentioned that you do the work now for um for tech nation for the east of england can you tell us a bit more about about your work in the East and if you can when you explain what you do can you tell us from the perspective of perhaps you know other members of the Bradfield or other companies um, could you know could benefit from the work that you're doing if that that makes sense. Yeah that makes complete sense so as I said I mean my role is essentially to be talking to and meeting founders of digital tech Um, and the reason it's digital tech is because that's our remit from our government funding so that's the sector that we support specifically and um, so I get a lot of questions around what that includes which we can go into if helpful but essentially digital tech founders and part of my role is obviously sharing the tech nation proposition because I find that regionally it's quite varied in terms of how much people know about what we do so if there's companies that are eligible and a good fit for our programs it's talking to them about that and how that can benefit them and examples of other businesses that have been through them and what they've got out of it and also increasing awareness of the resources that we offer we've additionally got a visa team as well lots of people haven't heard of and obviously with talent being quite a challenge locally that's something that I talk a lot to founders about in terms of they can leverage that uh, global talent visa to recruit 
international talent and so just spreading the word of how we can support from the services that we provide but what I find also is a big part of the role is off the back of those conversations is normally making quite a lot of introductions to other people that I've met just by nature of the role and being out and about um, and also a lot of signposting to opportunities that such as corporate innovation challenges um, and other competitions that might be out there and relevant to those businesses so I guess once I've met a founder and I know what they do then they're in my mind um, for anything that I come across so just being proactive in that sense and also intros to investors is another big part of, of my role um, and like Tim from Tech East I'm really keen to share success stories to the region so be that through social media Tech Nation also does a lot of articles and blogs on our website that you'll see so bringing in regional companies to those so once I've met a business then that's another way that I try and support them from like a PR marketing perspective and um, part of being Tech Nation. So, so I think that's a nice segue into into kind of just getting your take then on the east of England as, as a region. Um, I mean, obviously we're all based here, but how how you know how do you see the east comparing to the rest of the UK from a digital tech perspective, and you know where do you see its strengths and maybe its weaknesses? Yeah, I think um, really good question. Um, the east, I mean, obviously I might cover this through our Tech Nation report in a sense, because that covers three key themes, which are investment, emerging tech and people, which I think are quite good topics to talk about in the sense of when we look at the East compared to other places. I think with regions, it's quite tricky because often you have that kind of main city, as it were, that can overshadow some of the stats and insights. And obviously we've got Cambridge here that is just incredible from a digital tech perspective. I feel so lucky to work with the founders that I do here. But also, I've really loved in this role getting to meet more companies outside of Cambridge as well in places such as Norwich, which has really strong insure tech, um, Ipswich as well with Innovation Martisham, Essex. Obviously, they've got their amazing new innovation centre linked to the university and some actually really decent sized digital tech businesses that I just hadn't come across before. So for me, it's been great learning about the region as a whole from an investment perspective I mean obviously the east of England comes across as really strong compared to other regions I think in the report uh, that we just produced in March it was over 800 million of VC investment which is huge in the east and obviously most of that does sit in Cambridge so I think capital obviously is not such a big challenge here as it is for other other regions particularly up north for example where I hear from my counterparts that getting that investment is really tricky and they feel like they have to go to London um from a sector perspective I think again like really varied sectors and real strength in them as well so obviously AI when we're launching our AI program I'm always really excited because there's just so many brilliant companies I can talk to locally about it Um, and also up and coming emerging sectors then such as clean tech and agri-tech where we can look more to Norfolk and Suffolk and they've got a great opportunity to to develop there as well um, and health tech is obviously a massive one at the moment again Cambridge is so strong so I feel like from a sector perspective we we really thrive um, and have a really good breadth as well regarding people I think it's a really interesting story from the talent side which I 
hadn't really been aware of so much before doing this role. And again, there's a huge difference between Cambridge and elsewhere. But obviously here we've got the likes of Amazon, um, Google, Microsoft, Apple, all the big names are here. And I hear from scale-ups that clearly that can be quite a challenge in terms of the talent and differently about how they recruit and retain. And I think other regions, some places do have that challenge. Um, but I don't think to that level of where you can literally reel off all the big names and they've all got a fairly big presence in the bridge. Um, and elsewhere, obviously, in, in Norwich and uh, Ipswich and Essex, I think more the challenge there is about talent kind of being lost to London. So there's a lot to talk about around that. But I think the East is obviously, I would say this, but it's super interesting as a region with loads of really great positives and strengths but obviously some really big challenges as well that it's good to keep talking about another thing I think is quite different about the east is the number of unicorns we have compared to other regions so we've got over 20 which are in Cambridge um, and half of those we would term as digital tech obviously the latest one is Cambridge Medical Robotics but I think it's such a strong story isn't it to say that businesses can remain in Cambridge and in the east and grow here to become a unicorn and that's obviously super positive for the ecosystem as a whole um so yeah that's in a whistle stop kind of my brain dump I don't know if you've got further questions off that um I've got one I mean Adelina you might have some as well you, you touched on you know like the innovation center at the University of Essex yeah um you know I've had the privilege of you know collaborating with uh, UEA in Norwich and yeah. obviously the University of Cambridge and um uh, Anglia Ruskin here in the city. What's your take on, you know, the role of the universities in the region and, you know, their um, their, their contribution to the kind of tech scene in, in the East? Yeah, I think that's, again, something that has actually really amazed me. So I've obviously spoken a lot to the universities. I've spent quite a lot of time at their enterprise centres, which are brilliant. Um, in terms of the University of Essex, as an example, I mean, they've just launched an Angels at Essex platform, which is all around, as the name suggests, connecting entrepreneurs with angels. It's not actually simply Essex focused. It's it's um, UK wide, but they're kind of kicking off with that. And that's something that's come out of the university saying that we recognise there's a gap initially in Essex for this kind of platform and they've driven that which I think is really positive um, and the other things that I've really loved learning more about is for example ARU's apprenticeship program you know focused on data science I think they've got an AI specific one now you know very tech focused and linking those apprentices into um, those exciting new up-and-coming businesses so that's that's a massive role of the university, I think, to educate around what the opportunities are in tech. And um, I think that's been perhaps a bit of a gap in the past as well. Um, and obviously, we've got not university specifically, but on the talent and skills side, we're lucky to have Code Nation here in Cambridge. Obviously, Cambridge Spark were also built out of here. Again, both of those apprenticeship focused. And I think it is about marketing and spreading the word of those those opportunities but it does have to go to students as well where I think perhaps they previously haven't had so much insight into those options and I think particularly with having these big corporates locally that's even more important to kind of give a balanced view of yes it is amazing to have 
Amazon, Google, etc. on your CV as a graduate. But equally, these are the pros of going to work for a scale-up that's like doing this amazing innovative tech and you might get shares or you might have cultural benefits and just providing that balance for you. And I do strongly feel that quite a lot of that has to come through the universities and the education system from an earlier age. You know, I'm, I'm thinking from the perspective of a, of a Bradfield Centre member who might be listening to, to this uh, episode. What are, do you think, three key things that would be useful for a Bradfield uh, Centre member company to know about how Tech, tech Nation can help them? Yeah, definitely. So obviously it does depend on... Their, their stage of business um, so we have different resources depending on stage but one thing I think is our programs I think they are really unique like I said they're free we don't take any equity um, amazing opportunity to connect with other founders across the UK amazing access to those entrepreneurs that have been there and done it so all of the sessions on our programs are led by entrepreneurs it's not advisor led so it's mainly our alumni that come back so the likes of Monzo Dark Trace actually led a session as well um, names that they'll recognize and be able to hear firsthand from those entrepreneurs the real story you know what's and all of actually this really was our experience of going to the US for example and these are the things to think about so I think you know spreading the word of our programs for Bradfield Centre member if they're at that scaling stage to see if there's a program that we're running that might be a good fit and to encourage them to apply for it for me I just think it's a no-brainer as I said there's no cost associated and an amazing network to gain and I think the other thing is around as I said earlier the kind of PR aspect of um, me being aware of what their business is and what their aspiration is and then being able to keep them in mind for any PR opportunities that we have. Obviously, Tech Nation has quite a strong reach from a PR perspective. We get picked up a lot in publications such as Sifted and National News. So um, as an example, the Tech Nation report, you know, all of us in the regions were asked to provide or get companies to engage with case studies that would go out on our website as part of that report. And that report gets millions of hits, not just in the UK, but internationally. So for a Bradfield Centre if I'm not aware of them I'm not going to email them saying do you want to be a case study in our report um which is I think a really great opportunity and again absolutely no cost to that company um and I think third is just becoming part of a bit more of a UK-wide network like I always say it's great to be well networked in your local area but ultimately tech companies presumably want to be national and hopefully global um so actually linking up and being proactive about linking up more across the uk is a really positive thing and i think tech nation are really well placed to help encourage that collaboration outside of their local area so i mean we've talked a lot about you know collaborating bringing people together spotlighting successes um I mean, obviously, the Bradfield Centre and Tech Nation have got a, a long history of collaborating. You know, you, we've been the venue for your um, roadshows where you play back the research results each year. I think that's three years running. We did that. Um, looking forward to the next one once we can all get back together. Um, you know, we've done roundtables there with founders. We've done a whole bunch of stuff together. So what's your, I mean, obviously, the current climate is is quite tough for co-working spaces with the the lockdown enforcement and obviously you know startups um some startups at least are going to you know find the the, the the kind of next six months quite tough in terms of you know managing their way through the crisis so 
I mean, how important do you see the likes of the Bradfield Centre and other co-working spaces across the region for you know acting as that kind of catalyst for the community? Yeah, I think it is really key. I think, um, you know, initially in lockdown, I guess people, it's a bit of a novelty and people probably enjoyed being at home a bit more. But I think as it's gone on, people have recognised more and more the importance of that community. And also the kind of impromptu, spontaneous meets you have in that sense with someone that A, you might not have met before, but B, you may not have seen for a while and it's great to reconnect and you just don't, obviously you don't get that sat in your own living room so I think co-working spaces provide that really and the Bradford Centre particularly um provide that opportunity and I think also with events like the level of engagement you can get if you've actually got people in the room and the networking aspect it's really we've we're using Hopin for our tour which is an amazing platform and it's brilliant but it is obviously just a different networking experience it's not the same as being in person and I think obviously the Bradford Centre has a great event schedule you get a real range of people engaged um so I just yeah I think it is really key and I think everyone will be quite keen to rush back as soon as it's safe to stay we certainly hope so I mean you know we, we feel positive too that you know hopefully this this um enforced absence from coming together will really kind of um give that kind of uh, impetus for people to really come back and appreciate the ability to do that kind of stuff but of course in a in a safe way yeah Thea you, you probably organize quite a lot of events as part of your job uh, even though probably now they all have to be remote do you have any events you'd like to tell the audiences about I do and um, we so as James mentioned we do a road show after our Tech Nation report and the Tech Nation report is really helpful actually just to see state of play of tech across the UK and comparisons as well both across regions and internationally so it's just a really good overview of what is going on in tech with some really strong data points as well so we're doing that again this year um albeit virtually as I said we're using Hopin as the platform which we found is is really good um and the event will cover it's running on the 17th of June at 3 p.m and it will cover the highlights of the technician report but also quite importantly and I think we got really positive feedback from this last year was sort of really drilling down into the east of England aspect as well in terms of what are the stats but also more anecdotally what are we seeing as local developments um such as you know that angels at Essex platform and things that people might not know about across the region as a whole and then we'll have a panel discussion and I'm super excited about our panel so we've got Carol from Cambridge Innovation Capital we've got Sarah Minty from Developing Experts which is a Norwich based business that is scaling like mad in the current climate their ed tech um, science curriculum so she's offered it out to schools free got over a thousand UK schools and also the Chinese government have also come in on it now and she's got 3,000 schools in China so she's a company that went through one of Tech Nation's earlier stage programs and is now really on that scale up journey with an amazing offering so really excited to hear from her we've got Tim Gulliams from Helix um so Cambridge-based AI health tech business that has raised significant round last year, I think it was, um, very much on that growth journey. And I think will be really interesting as well with the current climate. 
And then we've got Tim from Tech East, um, who I work really closely with, and he has amazing insight, particularly into Norfolk and Suffolk and what's happening there along with the region as a whole. So I think it'll be a really good discussion. Um, and we're really keen to get audience engagement as well. So it'll be an opportunity to ask panel questions, but hopefully everyone will leave with a good overview of the state of play of tech, both nationally in the East and then hearing from founders and stakeholders that are here on the ground. That's a sign up on Eventbrite type thing. So perhaps we can just pop that in the Bradford Centre newsletter and anyone that's interested, welcome to sign up. Yeah, definitely. I'll add that to our list, uh, event listing right now. Um, and I guess, I mean, normally people will just be able to tap you on the shoulder in the Bradford Atrium and have a chat, but where can they find you uh, in the meantime? Yeah, so I'm I'm super active on LinkedIn, um, and so that's probably the best way to, to find me. And then feel free to message and always happy to chat. I'm also on Twitter of TN underscore East of England. Um, so, yes, they're, they're probably the best ways to get in contact with me thank you thank you for for coming on the podcast here thank you for having me really it's really lovely to chat about all things east of england tech i'm always happy to do so and um any further questions just let me know yeah thanks so much for coming on appreciate it so that was another really interesting conversation um you know, I think it's really important that startups and scale-ups in the region, you know, realize that Tech Nation could give them such a platform to really help boost their publicity, to help with their PR and potential fundraising, and also just the kind of quality of the uh, the Tech Nation alumni network for really speaking to founders of companies that have gone on to become unicorns in their own right. Yeah, I agree. I hadn't even realized this is something that Tech Nation could do, and I'm I'm actually going to send the startup their way. Uh, to access their support already, and they don't seem to take any take any money or any equity or anything. So the songs all sounds good to me. The other thing that I was really impressed by was the fact that um, they said there's almost 800 million of VC investment in Cambridge. Um, that's gosh, that's much higher than I thought it was to be honest. And over 20 unicorns in Cambridge. Um, I worked and met uh, several of them. But clearly, I haven't met all of them, so I'm going to be going on a journey to discover the rest. <laughs> so thanks once again to our guest, uh, Taya Goodluck, today uh, for coming on. Really appreciate the time. We hope you're finding these uh, really interesting. And feel free to get in touch and suggest any guests. Uh, you can find us on bradfieldcenter.com under events and community and you can also subscribe directly to the podcast on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud and stitcher